G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Well, you know, if you yourself or if someone close to you has either lost their job or had their hours cut, their financial position is not as good as it was before COVID struck here in Australia. The economic conditions are dreadful. And yes, we might be thankful that The governing authorities are doing all they can to help us see clear a way forward to get out of the challenges that we're in right now. But for so many of us, dealing with less hours at work might be a topic for our conversation today as we come around the idea of underemployment. Rosie Kendall is CEO of Christians Against Poverty. Back with us again today, Rosie and her organisation offer a lifeline to people who are trapped in debt. Rosie, welcome back to 2020. Yeah, thank you. Rosie, underemployment really is one of those things that can be quite deceptive because you Mm. could be working just a few hours in your job, but you don't actually figure on the unemployment statistics. How do you describe underemployment? Yeah, well, that's absolutely it. So we we know um, that across Australia that the unemployment rate has increased and um, that you can kind of I think over the next few years where we're all expecting that that will um, change and evolve. Um, however, there's this whole idea of underemployment that isn't captured in the current statistics of um, unemployment. And so you might only work three, four hours a week and might probably want more hours than that, but um, aren't managing to, to secure regular hours and enough hours. Um, actually, you fall into this bracket of being underemployed And it's a huge, huge problem. And I think one that was a problem pre-COVID-19, but has only become more and more of a problem as employment becomes um, just more more insecure. It's not as um, secure as it was. There are more questions as people um, only being pulled in for kind of, you know, casual hours rather than the traditional sense of a permanent contract with permanent hours. There's lots of people on temporary contract um, kind of flexible hours and that puts people in a really vulnerable position um, because they're trying to they're trying to work they want to work but the employment to fill and um, their week isn't isn't there and not everybody is captured in the government's safety nets although some mm. might say they've done a great job looking after the majority of those who are going through hardships but There must be many stories of people who are living in poverty now because of this issue of being underemployed. They've got so much more to offer, but there are just not the hours there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think the government have done a really, really, really good job at trying to protect and trying to do, as you know, kind of what you can. Um, But yeah, there are 
people that are finding themselves in this situation have been underemployed, people that maybe never thought that they would be in that situation previously. And it can be very difficult to know what to do about that. Um, obviously, people um, can be looking for other work and other opportunities, but that can be challenging um, in their current job market where a lot of businesses are looking at ways that they can cut costs or looking at ways that they can stabilise rather than kind of expand. I think everyone is preparing for what may be and what might happen with the economy and so therefore there's not a huge amount of businesses out there kind of taking the risk to employ more people Um, and that, yeah, it's a difficult place to be. Rosie, when you're unemployed or underemployed, there's a little bit of a stigma that comes with that or there's this feeling of insecurity, even shame that some people have that say, oh, I've always been a hard worker. I've got a great work ethic, but I just don't have any hours now. And so far as their local church goes, I mean, it's very easy to say, well, I'm going to blame God for this. But Mm. when you're approaching your local church, uh, what sort of attitude do you hope uh, that someone who is coming from the underemployed or unemployed situation is going to get from a pastor or a priest or someone who's in the ministry team at a local church? I suspect they're going to get a really sympathetic listening ear and even helpfulness. Uh, What are your thoughts on what happens with the relationship between people who are really, you know, uh, feeling ashamed of what's happened but but they want to connect with the local church. Yeah, I mean, I, there's lots of things I, I think I could say. I think that the, the hope is that um, most churches would be a place that is welcoming, a place um, that wants to help people that are currently struggling. And that while I think there is an Australian culture that tells us that actually if we're not working, um, then there's maybe something wrong with us or actually maybe that speaks back to me not working hard enough and we um, the majority of people do want to work and they want to work hard but find themselves in some very difficult situations which means they can't and there's a lot of shame as you said associated with that Um, and so yeah I think it's really really important that the church is a place of safety but it is a place that people can go to and have conversations about how they're feeling there's a lot of people suffering with mental ill health at the moment and um, yeah I think that the church is and can be a place of refuge for people and it's important that as a church through this season that we really um, yeah, ask ourselves how we can do that more effectively, how we can ensure that our people are trained to be a place of refuge and listening and, and help during this season that is going to be difficult. You know, at the beginning of the year, if you were talking about Christians Against Poverty, you might have been thinking we're talking to a ministry that's working with the marginal few. Uh, But as Mm. things have changed this year, you all of a sudden, Rosie, and your ministry organisation, Christians Against Poverty, uh, you become so important because you've got the capacity to empower a local church to be able to help someone who is struggling with debt and poverty. Uh, How do you do that? Yeah, I mean, um, we've got a unique situation, I think, in that we're, we're, um, we partner with one of the 
one of the organisations um, all over Australia that are actually asking themselves at the moment, what more can we do and how do we? So there's there's a huge amount of opportunity for kind of volunteerism and, and people that are passionate about trying to be part of the solution. And that means that there's a great scope for kind of um, increasing the amount of help that's out there um, in this point of in this moment where there's more help is going to be needed. Um, and in terms of the help that we offer, we train people and give um, volunteers within the church all the skills that they need to help people that find themselves in financial distress, um, whether that's because they see ahead of them um, that things are going to be very difficult and they might be able to be looking at a budget or looking at their expenses, looking at where they might be able to cut costs, change expenditure to avoid a very difficult debt situation or whether actually someone is already in that kind of, um, yeah, overwhelming debt situation and what they actually need is an advocate to help them sort that situation out, find out what's, you know, what's the long-term solution to get out of this, so what's the first step and um, cap um, in the cases where people need it, we will negotiate with their creditors and um, hopefully put um, yeah, a, a plan in place to see people come out the other side. So you're providing the sort of insight and wisdom that is a real practical meet the needs as they are right now. And mm -hmm. in order to get people back on their feet and with some level of optimism, uh, expectancy to hope in God even. And when you're dealing with the local churches, you might hope that there's a spiritual insight that comes from those who are a part of your financial opportunity to get out of that poverty that's going to lead you on to better things so when you're working with the church do you provide resources for the church to use how does it work for the churches so if you're turning up at a local church and saying christians against poverty sent me here what are they likely to expect yeah, so if the, if a church comes and they want to enter into a partnership, we train those volunteers. And um, again, through COVID-19, it's been an interesting thing for us. We've had to go online with that training. So we've got kind of online resources for people to do that training rather than previously. It would have all been face-to-face. -face. And then they've got tools in their hands to help those people depending on what that help is that they have come for so whether it be going through a, a workbook and um, we've got online budgeting tools for putting a budget together or whether if it's someone that is in that situation of unmanageable debt collecting that information sending it to a team that we have at head office that do that kind of debt negotiation work and putting a longer term solution in place and um, the amazing thing is there's always a solution um, doesn't matter how kind of big or difficult the situation is sometimes there's some difficult decisions to be made along the path there's always a way to come out the other side and um, hopefully CAP is there as a partner to do the financial bits and to provide the you know, the kind of, um, we have a credit license and things like that, that that means the church doesn't need that because they're getting that in partnership with us. Um, but 
um, yeah, the volunteers are empowered to hopefully be making a tangible difference as well as providing friendship and community and everything that we would hope that the church is known for or would like it to be known for um, as our volunteers are mobilised. So you've got this practical support counselling advice, you've got workbooks and all sorts of great online material that people can get an assessment of their own finances and then they can plot a path forward and you'll be walking alongside them and and importantly this idea of connecting with the local church so that someone within the local church who's familiar with how the Christians Against Poverty system works can walk alongside you to get out of the circumstance you find yourself in. It's national coverage there is a helpline and there is a website. Uh, let me give the website address for those who might want to make a fresh start or come out of your desperate situation and get some help on the side. Capost, C-A-P-A-U-S-T dot org. And there is a helpline number to call, one 227 0 that's one three hundred double two seven triple O. There's also a Cap Money course, which is a relational course that has a coach that helps you through the content. So capost.org and the helpline one three hundred double two seven triple O. Rosie Kendall is the CEO of Christians Against Poverty. Rosie, thanks so much for that insight today on twenty twenty. Thank you for having me. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.